Hello everyone, welcome to Unraveling Impulse. My name is Nisa and I use this platform to talk about my life, uh, the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, in hopes that whoever is listening feels less alone and to also give myself um, a platform to build my confidence in speaking. Um, And if you want to learn more about that, I talk about it in my first episode. So check that out if you'd like. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to continue uh, on with my talk on motherhood and um, kind of make this a part two um, to the part one. Um, And I know that we, I left off talking about the pressure I feel that millennials have like created or placed on ourselves to entertain our children all the time. Um, And yeah, um, I guess maybe I can start off this part of the episode by saying that, you know, I think in all the great things about my generation that I, I love that we're, we're doing more of in this generation, which as I mentioned in the last episode is just generally being more emotionally aware um, and sort of engaging with our kids in healthier ways than maybe our parents' generation did. Um, but like on the flip side of that, there's this pressure to sort of have to be like the greatest and the best parent and I don't even know what that looks like I kind of feel like in the baby boomer generation no one really thought about that (laughs) like I don't know maybe I'm speaking for them but based on observations and personal experience like they seemed quite um quite okay and content with like just existing as parents and seem to sort of feel less I wouldn't say that like okay let me not let me not shade the boomers I feel like I always go in on baby boomers (laughs) but like I feel like they are it's not that they didn't care or that they didn't have the same you know pressure in some ways um with parenting but I just feel like uh it's almost like we, as like this, our generation, as millennial generation, has is are like more acutely aware of every single um, aspect of well being to a point where you just start to hyper focus on all of it and can't just take things for what they are, or, uh, live experiences for what they are, place at this extra pressure. I don't, I don't know if I'm articulating that in the best way but there's just like a lot of hyper focus I find on my generation to be any be everything to your kids and I remember reading this quote recently um by I think she's like a therapist on Instagram don't remember the name but she was basically saying that um you know most parents are just okay. <laughs> like 
most of us are doing an okay job at parenting. Um, and it's unrealistic to expect that you are going to be this, like, parent that can meet every single need that your child has. Because we all come with our own traumas and our own baggage and the things that the day, the day-to-day pressures of life. And as much as we, some of us, not all of us, but as much as some of us are working through those things, are working on those things, are aware of those things, you're not always in a state of awareness. You're not, so there's always going to be some level of, you know, damage um, that you inflict on your kids, even if it's not intentional. You know what I mean? Um, And that's pretty normal. I think that's just life. That's something that is going to happen with any human that you interact with to some degree. So it's like we put this wild amount of pressure on ourselves to, it's almost like to sort of like try to not be the parent who who damages their kid, but it's like it's going to happen regardless. So you may as well just allow yourself to just be human with them. You know what I mean? Um, And at the end of the day, the therapist shared that like kids really only need parents who are decent. They don't need you to be this superhuman parent and to be able to, you know, cater to every single need that they have. Because first of all, even if you were able to do that, outside of in the real world that would that, that's just not going to happen. So there has to be some level of like where there has to be almost some level of that happening in a way. I'm not saying in unhealth in like extreme ways, but there's some level of of that conflict happening in a way or there's some level of interactions that aren't great that you have with your kids all the time that's needed because in every other relationship that your child will have outside of yours, the one you have with them, they're going to probably experience it. And um, yeah, the therapist was just sharing how, you know, kids can still thrive in households or with parents who are not any and everything to them. They just need you to be decent you know, and I just loved that because it made me feel like far less pressured to have to be everything to my daughter. And, you know, I often talk a lot about like growth and healing and trying to do better, trying to be a better human and all that stuff. Um, And sometimes when you're talking about it all the time, when you're thinking about it all the time, you feel like this additional pressure to have to embody it all the time. And the truth is that we just can't, you know, um, and we don't. So in interacting with our kids, um, it's just important to give yourself that grace and to sort of take that pressure off yourself, you know, um, we're just not going to be perfect. And your kid doesn't even care if you're perfect. Like, well, maybe yours does, but (laughs) mine honestly doesn't. Like, 
I think about the amount of times that I have like effed up with Nalen in terms of like, you know, managing her, um, getting frustrated with her, yelling at her, all this stuff. And, you know, she still, still thinks I'm like the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> like maybe that will change as she gets older. Um, but you know, like in their minds and their little minds, you know, they just want you to be there for them. You know, um, I think one of the things that helps me is if I simply apologize to Nalen, it makes me and her feel so much better because you, if, if you know you're not going to be perfect all the time and you've done something um, that is kind of like, yeah, I, I didn't need to yell at her for that, you know, um, and you apologize as you would to an adult um, that maybe you've kind of <laughs> offended or it sort of just creates a space or environment where you can have that, I think, so that they know that you're just human, you know? Like, I think kids need to, I feel like I was so much, I was damn near an adult before I really understood that my parents were just regular, regular humans, you know? Um, Not that, like, every experience with them was great but even with the bad experiences I had with them um there's still this like pedestal that you put them on because they don't necessarily share that humanness with you um and so yeah um you just view them through this lens of like um almost just not being this on the same, not being the same as you, you know? And I think for me, I just want Nalen to know, like, I'm going to make mistakes and I'm not going to be perfect. And in those moments where I have been too hard on her or where I've gotten irritated and it wasn't necessary or whatever, uh, in those moments when those things happen and I can say, oh, Mama, sorry, nay, I shouldn't have yelled. I didn't need to let yell at you for that. And we can have that like dialogue or just ha- I can I can be open and vulnerable with her in that moment. It's like she has a better understanding that like, yeah, mama makes mistakes too, you know, and she also understands that it's not her like that. She's not internalizing um, me being upset with her unnecessarily as there's something being wrong with her you know um and so yeah I think the more we show our kids that we're just regular and human and we also make mistakes um the less pressure we put on ourselves to have them only see us being perfect because why would you want that like we don't expect that I don't expect Nalen to be perfect Um, and she's not going to have perfect interactions with people in, out in the world. So she needs to be able to understand that with 
her mama. <laughs> and um, so that's something that I, I try to to really do um, in order to sort of like push back against this whole thing of like, I have to be the perfect mother. I have to be, you know what I mean? I can't let her down. I think when I just, I just understand that I probably will let her down and that it's okay as long as I try to follow up with like, you know, an apology or correcting behavior, etc. It, it just takes that pressure off. Um, and so, yeah, that's my thought on that. Um, I talked a little bit in the last episode too about, you know, Nalen being an only child and, I kind of wanted to actually touch on that more, especially because she's now, she's six now, she'll be seven in January, and she's kind of like at the age now where, so Nalen is the type of only child who doesn't want to be an only child. <laughs> like, I know that there are only children who exist and don't really care, like, they're they're okay being only children, it's, you know, they don't necessarily have strong desires to have siblings, but Nalen has a strong desire to have a sibling, and um, you know, I talked about, uh, the fact that, you know, I'm kind of going through the process of divorce and all this stuff. So clearly that's not going to happen with her and my, my dad and her and myself and her dad, but, um, who knows? Um, maybe he'll have kids with someone else and she'll have siblings that way. I'm done <laughs> personally. I kind of knew that I didn't want to have any more children like even before we had separated. So, um that was just yeah, I'm I'm good with her. <laughs> um but I often feel a tremendous amount. I feel less I feel it a little bit less so but I still feel a lot of guilt about, like, I'm not going to be the person to be able to give her a sibling. Um, and I've honestly just had honest discussions about it with Nalen. Like, you know, I there was a t- period of time where she would ask all the time, like, oh, can I have a sibling? Can I have a sibling? And I had to just be honest with her and say, no, I'm sorry, you can't. Like, mom is not going to have any more kids and I'm, I'm really sorry, but, you know, and she would ask like, well, why, why not? And, and I'd have to explain because I just, I'm happy with you. I'm happy with having just you. And mama feels that she is, can be the best mama that she can be to one. And, um, you know, try to break, try to break it down in, in digestible pieces for for you know a five or six year old to to kind of understand she still kind of doesn't like she still will push for it like she'll like the other day she was like oh if I had a sibling I can't remember what it was (laughs) what was happening Anyway, she always basically will make remarks about oh well if I had a sibling oh with the first snow we had our first snow a couple of weeks ago and she was playing in the backyard and she's like if I had a sibling 
<laughs> I would have someone to play with in the backyard or whatever. Um, so she's always sort of throwing throwing that around. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. It makes me feel badly because I feel like, dang, does this kid feel lonely? Um, am I Am I sort of, I don't know, like ruining a part of her development by her not having like a sibling to play with or you know like you just you just feel badly that they want something um like a sibling or a playmate and you can't give it to them or it's just not it's just not going to happen um (laughs) um so I struggle with that that's like something that I you know I'm constantly having to sort of like work through um and I think you know the thing that always like usually gets me through is I know like I have siblings um and as much as I appreciate you know the sibling relationship and all that stuff like I also know people who have siblings who they don't talk to at all. Like I, I just having a sibling to me is not a guarantee of having a fulfilling life or a life that's less lonely or like a number of things, you know, and she doesn't necessarily understand that now because she's just six and she just wants a playmate. Um, But I do hope that as she gets older, maybe it's another perspective that she can appreciate more and that she can appreciate my decision to know what I'm capable of and my capacity Um, because bringing a human into this world is not something I take lightly and I think her being born really, really, (laughs) um, that's what it, showed me was that like now we're not just out here pushing out kids for the sake of it like this is serious business you know what I mean and it takes it takes so much out of me and um there are so many factors that play into whether that there's also other factors that would play into whether or not I would consider having another well not now the factors are off the table now but um you know, when I was still married, or when I was still with my ex, um, there was there were other factors that were just not there. And again, we ended up not being together. So uh, I think I made the right decision, you know, um, just because you kind of know, you know. Um, but yeah, that's another piece of motherhood that when you're a mother to an only child can be a little bit trickier to navigate. Um, but I say that the best thing to do is to be honest with your kid. I mean, Naylan is pretty mature for her age. And so I find like, if I try to tell her, like, just if I try to sort of like, play something down or make it like, it's, doesn't always go well because she's going to ask follow-up questions that you're like, uh, so (laughs) I just find that it's better to, for in our relationship or with Neilan's personality to just be as honest as possible. Like, I mean, you don't have to like 
give her the full whatever, but like, you know, as honest as you can, um, while still recognizing that she's still only six, you know what I mean? Um, that's worked best for me. Um, so there's that. Um, there's also now navigating motherhood, uh, as a single mom and, Truthfully, I honestly, like I said, because I've mostly been with Nalan on my own for even when I was married, um, it doesn't feel that much different. I will say that I'm extremely privileged um, because I have, my support system is here in Canada and my parents uh, and my sister and my Everybody has been super supportive um, and helpful in help in helping me manage, you know, raising a child. And so I honestly haven't felt the brunt of what many single mothers feel when they truly are on their own. Um, like I, for those of you, well, many of you may not know, but I my previous job I was I worked as a settlement counselor and I work with newcomers um and many newcomers who are women who are mothers who were single and new to this country and had to work and had to do shift work and had to figure out child care many who had like newborns or children who it almost they would have to put themselves on like a wait list for childcare for affordable childcare and even when they did that figuring out what they were going to do with their older kids who were in school and basically couldn't really even work yet because they had to take care of their kids because how else could they do it um figuring out how you're going to put food on the table on your own you know uh i don't have to do that you know so I consider myself extremely privileged um, as a single mom <laughs> um, because I have such a strong um, support system here and it's actually one of the reasons why I did move back to, to be honest, um, because I recognized how necessary it was to be, to have a, a community um, that that is helpful because it's not easy. Trying to do stuff on your own is just, I don't recommend. Um, and I truly, truly feel that um, it's extremely important to build community, if you can, um, with people who are willing to to support you in like tangible ways. Um, well, and then not so tangible too, but, you know, childcare is honestly like one of the biggest things. I wouldn't be able to go back to work, honestly, if I didn't have the help from my mom, you know, or I would, but I'd be paying like thousands of dollars in childcare. Um, but yeah, I honestly don't have tons of advice for navigating being a single, like navigating single parenthood, um, in terms of that piece, because I honestly just feel like 
I'm not alone, you know, like I'm one of the privileged ones who has like a really good support system. And um, I recognize that early on, which is part of the reason why being here where I have that is so important to me. Um, I will say that there's other aspects like the day-to-day, like I manage Naylan's day-to-day life, um, you know, any and everything that she needs. I'm the one who manages it all and makes sure it's done. And, you know, like I do homework with her. I do doctor appointments with her. I groom her. I like, and from top to bottom, like that's my, that's what I've been doing. And, but I've been doing that with her. So like, it doesn't feel any different. Um, so yeah, but you know, again, I really want to emphasize that I am in a very privileged situation. So, um, yeah. Um, the other thing I want to talk about now that Naylan is older, um, you know, she has a, she always has had a personality. Um, (laughs) she was one of those little beings who like came out into the world and she just like, looked like she just wanted to start talking from birth. (laughs) Like, um, and she is, she has come into her own so much, um, you know, over the last like three years, she is, loves to talk. She's loves to be with other people. She loves to be around, around friends. She loves to make friends. Um, she is, excuse my bias. I'm not even being biased. It's objective. She's smart. There, I said it. She's objectively just a smart kid. (laughs) Like, Um, Smarter than I ever was, (laughs) that's for sure. And she is, Naylan Will is a type of personality that she, she's not afraid to speak up for herself and she's not afraid to tell you about yourself. And it's interesting because I'm the complete opposite or at least I was, no, I still am, but even more so as a kid, like, I was the type of per like, I was such a shy, timid child, like, you know, I was afraid to interact with adults, and I was afraid to make friends, and like, everything, everything I, I was, Nalen is the opposite of, and, um, it's been an interesting, um, journey, because we are so different, um, and I, what I what I will say about it is that I just love her personality. Like I, there are parts of her personality that are super exhausting. Like Nalen is just an on the go kind of child, always has been. Like I remember when she turned one, and she had she started walking. She was like eleven just before she turned one, like eleven months. And I swear to God, as soon as that child started walking or figured out that she could walk, she just wouldn't sit down. And I just remember, I feel like the first year of her life, all I did was chase her. (laughs) Like, that's all I recall doing. 
And I remember, you know, people always say, oh, girls are so much, you know, calmer and they're so much more laid back than boys. And I was like, who are you talking about? Because that is not my girl. And I remember like one, a parent (laughs) who was the parent of two boys being like, yeah, your girl is super active. And I was like, yeah, I know. That's why I don't really understand this whole thing of like, oh, boys are this way and girl. It's like, no, because Nalen has always been a very active, (laughs) spirited, hyper kid, like complete opposite of me, who was always sort of like, let's sit quietly and do an activity or I'll sit and like, I would just sit and observe people like that was that brought me joy and happiness. Um, Nalen has to be on the move at all times. She's always moving. She's always like jumping on something on someone. (laughs) Um, She always wants to like be doing something physical. Um, She's extremely curious. Like um, her teacher, her teacher last year when she was an SK was like, Nalen asked, the best questions in class <laughs> and it's true like maybe asking some questions I'm like let's google that um I honestly half the questions she asks are I try to answer them all as best I can but I'm not gonna lie majority of the ones I'm like let me just hit google for a real quick because she asks really good questions um she's it's like so curious um she's she, if she's, if there, if there's an activity that she enjoys, she's super engaged in it. Um, but yeah, like just all of that to say, she's very much the opposite of me. Um, and so we've sometimes bumped heads. <laughs> I feel it's weird saying that's like, I, you don't bump heads with like a, a six year old, but I say that only to say like our, expectations of each other are sort of like I've had to learn to again as like a super introverted personality type to sort of you know um, engage with her in a way that feeds her you know in a way that she feels um she feels that is satisfying for her you know um so it's been, and, and, you know, um, as I mentioned earlier too, like Nalen is not a super, uh, she's like, she's always been pretty demanding in terms of attention. So like, she always wants you to do stuff with like, there's some kids who are very independent. She's gotten better. As I said, she's honestly, she's, she's really good now, but there was a time where it's like, if you weren't engaging with Nalen in some way, um, it was like a thing, you know, she always, she would always want you to be playing some kind of game with her. And for me, that was just extremely tiring because I would find that the constant having to figure out how to engage with her, plus just managing her life in general, would just be really depleting for, for, for me personally. Um, and so navigating um, navigating her personality type has definitely been a lesson in like, I don't know. It's just been a lesson in trying to strike a balance, I guess, like with honoring who I am and being able to sort of, I guess, um, 
what's the word? Sort of recharge my own batteries. Um, but also trying to give her what she needs as someone who is very much so a child who needs to be engaged a lot. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's sort of like the leg of the journey. I mean, we've been on that leg of the journey, but I, um, (laughs) we're still, that's something that I'm still navigating as a mother is, is her personality type and, and trying to understand her, um, to, um, and to engage with her in like, as I said, ways that bring out the best in her where that, or where she feels that I'm, I'm present, you know, um, but still sort of drawing boundaries where it's like, this is too much for mama. You gotta, I need you to do this on your own or whatever. So like, we're still working on those things, but it's definitely gotten better. Um, but yeah, like, I guess I say all of that to say, you know, um, you can't, what I'm learning is that you have to pay attention to your child's little personality, you know, and you may want to deal with them in a way that suits you and how you would want to be, you know, how you manage your life or how it caters to your personality type. But that doesn't work for them. You know, that might not work for them. If you have a kid who is similar to you, then that might not be an issue. But if you have a child who is very different, um, pay attention to that and do your best to sort of strike that balance that honors your own boundaries, but sort of satisfies their needs too. Um, and that that's a lot of work, but um, I do my best. I do my best. And um, I honestly don't want, I am so happy with the personality, Nalen's personality. Like I wouldn't want her to be any other way. Um as much as uh, as introverted and like antisocial as I can be, I love that she's not as as I love that Nalen is sort of the things I wish I were more of when I was a child. Um, I just feel like life will be a little bit easier for her. It's sad to say that, I guess, but honestly, you know, her personality type is the kind that has a little bit of an easier time maneuvering in this type of society. Um, I struggled a lot because of how timid and shy and sensitive I was. Um, But Nalen, because of her personality type, will struggle a little bit less. It's not to say that she still won't have her own own things that she'll struggle with, but she'll struggle a little bit less. And honestly, that brings me comfort because... On the list of things that she, I know that she will encounter and have to on <laughs> have to deal with. That's something that feels good that she can hold her own. Like I honestly feel like I don't ever worry about Nalen holding her own um, as she grows. Um, so, so it brings me joy. And I just honestly, again, as much as Nalen is the opposite of me, it's not in any way a bad thing as I said there are aspects of her personality that I wish I were more like uh or more like when I was growing up um but I admire um so many things about her her personality um and yeah 
a lot of times, you know, people will say, oh, you're such a good mom or, and it's like, no, she's just such a good kid. <laughs> like, honestly, Neilan is just, I think sometimes as parents, it's easy to sort of like take credit for, and there is credit to be due for sure. Like, I think I'm a, I'm definitely a decent mom. Um, I do my best with her and so pat on my back, myself on the back for that. But honestly, like Neilan is who she is because that's just who she was born. That's how she was born. That's just who she is. That's her personality. Um, like I don't take credit for her being so smart. She's smart because that's just, that's just how she, she was that she's just good at retaining information. She's great, good at being inquisitive and curious and asking questions. Like I try to, I try to, um, create environments where she can do more of those things, but it's largely just her little personality, you know? Um, so I take credit, but not, not tons of credit because honestly, like she's awesome because I just got lucky. (laughs) I got lucky to have an awesome kid. Um, yeah. And, um, One of the things that um, I worry about, and this is something that I has always been sort of at the, this is one of the things that's always sort of been at um, the forefront of my mind since I got pregnant with Nate is managing being someone who identifies as a girl and being a person of color, being a black girl in this world um, because I know that that's something that I had to deal with when I was growing up um, was race, uh, racism, and that was very much a part of my experience. I wouldn't say a part of my everyday experience, but it definitely shaped how I viewed myself. My external environment shaped how I I how I identified as a black person. Um, And so it's always been something that I've, you know, worried about with her. Um, And I've always tried to sort of like, I guess, inject a lot of like, pro-black, pro-self-love, love love your blackness (laughs) uh, messaging where I could since she was born. Like, I remember, like, I, before she was born, I had bought two books, um, and, um, one of them was about, like, loving your hair. It was about, like, this little black girl and loving her hair texture and celebrating her hair, her natural hair texture, and one of them Another book was about like loving who you are, um, despite looking different. And I used to read them while she was in my belly. I would read them out loud. And from the time she was born, I would just read to her all of these like books that celebrate blackness and celebrate like skin color and the hair texture and all this stuff. And, um, (laughs) funnily enough, uh, she actually struggles a lot with liking her hair texture, uh, despite my efforts. Um, 
And so it's something that like I have taken really hard. <laughs> I'm try- I try not to like um, be like, oh, you're you failed as a mother because you your daughter is struggling with loving a part of her blackness. But yeah, like Nalen is definitely going through a stage where she's like, why can't my hair be straight? And I want straight hair. And I want my hair to look like whoever, um, Elsa or one of the Disney characters and that has straight hair or whoever. Um, so it's something that we're working on. And I know that it's likely just a phase that she's going through. I'm, I'm hoping as she gets older and we continue to sort of like read books that are representative of what she looks like and um, her hair texture and all that stuff that she'll start to really appreciate it a little bit more. Um, But I'm not going to lie. Like, it really sucks that (laughs) even with all that I'm doing or tried to do, um, she still struggles with, you know, self-acceptance around, you know, her blackness um, when it comes to hair texture. And I guess it made me realize that, like, I'm only one person, um, and there needs to be, like, a society that really celebrates difference, um, and for for that to be more of the norm um, so that children that look like Nay or children that are darker skinned than Nay, children that have, who have even tighter texture hair than Nay will, and who struggle with maybe self-acceptance, will not have those struggles so much, will see themselves as more of the norm as opposed to wanting to look like, you know, the representations that they still predominantly see on TV, which are characters with straight hair and, you know, and fairer skin and all that stuff. Um, So we're kind of like, we're kind of navigating some stuff here. Um, And this is not to say that, like, this is the experience of every black child. Like, there are black children who love themselves, love their hair texture, Their parents are great about, you know, making sure that they have toys and books that are representative of what they look like, etc. And they've really internalized that, but that's not the case for everybody. Each child is different, um, and it just so happens that despite me doing those things, Nailin is still struggling, Um, and... Again, like, it's one thing to have those representations in your household, but it's another where she's spending so much time and her external environment isn't necessarily as representative of those things. Um, Yeah, and I found that to be true even for me growing up. Um, I was lucky to grow up in a household where, like, my parents, well, I mean, to be honest, my parents really didn't discuss race. Um, but at the same time, they never made 
they never made reference to skin tone, to hair texture. And if you look at my family, we all kind of have different (laughs) skin tones and hair textures and stuff. And it would have been easy for my mom to say, oh, you should, too bad you didn't have hair like your sister who has like straight wavy hair. But she never, she never made those comparisons. Neither of my parents did. Um, even, you know, like I never got, there was never a time in my immediate household where I ever felt like I was less than in any way. It was always the external environment. I was like having this conversation with my mom the other day about how like, yeah, like in my internal, like in our household, I never thought anything about skin tone, color, like nothing about race. But as soon as I left, it was a whole different story. And unfortunately, Nalen is kind of like going through something. And to be honest, like I'm a lot more proactive than my parents were, no shade (laughs) to them. Um, Part of it is like, you know, I grew up with immigrant parents, like my parents are from Guyana. And when you come from a country where there are a lot of people who look like you, um, you, and you come to a country like Canada that's predominantly white, you don't come with the same baggage because you know your worth. You come from a country where you've seen people who look like you in every facet of the society, you know, those people are doctors, lawyers, um, politicians, etc. So you kind of come to Canada and you're like, I could be anything, you know, because you don't have the same messaging. You don't have the same uh, you don't experience the same kind of racism, you know. Um, And so they don't so when I think when they came, I shouldn't really speak for them, but this is just an educated guess. But I think when they came to Canada, there was never a questioning of who, what their worth was in terms of this color of their skin, because um, they didn't grow up in a system that said, you're less than. Um, whereas when you grow up and you're born into the system here in Canada, you are, it's a different system. It's a system that says you are less than. Um, but that's getting into a whole nother topic, which maybe I'll, I'll talk about that in another episode. But anyway, the point is, is that I think the reason why maybe they didn't, they weren't necessarily as proactive in terms of making sure that we were like constantly seeing images of like black people, you know, reading books with black characters and black dolls and all this stuff. Well, first of all, there wasn't tons to access in the first place, but I think it was not that they didn't care, but it was more so that they felt like it shouldn't matter because you know who you are. Like you don't need, you know what I mean? I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) let me move off of that. But to say that like, yeah, with me growing up, like I'm gener- I'm definitely far more proactive in terms of making sure that Nalen sees images of black people all the time in the things that we read and her dolls. She does have diverse dolls, like she doesn't just have black dolls, but the majority of her dolls are black and that's on purpose. Like even if we go to the store and she's kind of like, oh, can I get 
I'm like, well, why don't we get the brown one? You know what I mean? Like, I'm always sort of directing her into that because while I don't have an issue with her having dolls that are that look different or white dolls per se, um, again, like I just even in terms of like the things that she watches, it's still there's still a lot of like there's not enough representation, put it that way. Um, and unfortunately, she still struggles with wanting to look like, I guess, what she sees on TV. Um, even even if we are watching shows that have, like, diverse characters or black characters, majority of them still have straight hair. Like, I don't even think it's about race per se, but it definitely hair texture is a thing. So, yeah, like, I'm we're navigating all of that. Um, and all I can do is really try to remind her how beautiful her hair is. And, you know, she doesn't really appreciate it now, but hopefully she will (laughs) as she gets older. Um, and yeah, um, motherhood is a journey. (laughs) It's, um, it's one of the most interesting journeys that I've ever been on. And I think in a lot of ways, motherhood has really, it almost has made me more um, confident. Like, I think I decided, like, there, I, there was like a point when I had Nate that I actually decided, like, I'm not going to project any of my like personal insecurities in terms of like especially like things like looks and beauty and stuff onto her like I don't talk about I don't talk about my body in front of Naylan in a negative way at all even if I'm thinking something negative about myself or I'm I don't ever talk negatively about myself in front of her um because I don't want her to to talk, you know, to, I don't want her to internalize that and think like, oh, well, what's wrong with me? Um, again, she might hear those things outside of the, out of this house and on TV or whatever, but I can't guard her from all of it, but I know that she's not going to get it from me. Um, and I don't know, like, I think I, in a lot of ways, because I made the decision to like, really not, have Nalen internalize negativity around like beauty standards, intelligence, all these things that it's forced me to do a lot of work um, on myself and really detaching or working through my own insecurities so that I wouldn't like project them onto her. Um, And yeah, I'm actually all the better for it. Um, it's been, it's really been just, uh, motherhood is just, and the other thing too that I'll say is I'm, I don't, I don't wear motherhood like it's the ultimate identity. (laughs) Uh, I very much, I very much feel like motherhood is a part of who I am. I take pride in it and I love my daughter to death but I don't it doesn't define my entire being um and I think part of it is because 
you know, I grew up watching my mom really, she was just, she had a zest for life. She still does. But like she, she had a life outside of us and she volunteered a lot. She volunteered so much. She loved to like socialize and get out. And she just was so much more than just our mom. And I love that. And I think um, for me, that's something that I really took from her as a mother. And it's something that I um, try to embody as well is that like, I don't want to, I don't want my identity to just be mother, you know, like I want to be more than just that. I am more than just that. And the truth is, is that while I'm here to guide Naylin, um, she's also her own person. And if I tie my identity up solely in being her mother, is that giving her room to, what does it mean when she's trying to become her own person that I've attached like my entire existence and being onto this person? It's not really fair to her. And it's like also does me a disservice because I need to, you have to have a life outside of your kids. And um, yeah, I very much um, take that approach to, um, you know, as part of my journey as of motherhood is that I'm still my own person outside of that. As much as I, as much as it like literally takes up most of my life, <laughs> as much as I, you know, devote to it, I still really try to hold on to the pieces of myself that are not connected to motherhood. Um, so that as Nealon grows and she becomes even more independent, I don't struggle to have an identity and to have purpose. And um, yeah. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that for now. Maybe I'll come back to other things in motherhood down the line. But I think those are the things that were resting on my spirit and that I just wanted to chat a little bit more about um yeah and that's all I have for now until next time um take care bye-bye